my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing this Monday morning? I'm doing good. I mean, it's kind of mid-morning. I mean, it's 11.26 a.m., so it's getting closer to noon. But I thought, you know what? Even though Teacher Appreciation quote-unquote day has passed, we can celebrate our wonderful teachers that we've had in the past, or if you have now. We can celebrate them any time of the year. They don't need us. Always have to have a, you don't got to celebrate on the day itself. It's basically what I'm saying. So, I thought, you know what? There is a Full House episode where Joey is Michelle's substitute teacher for a day. Or maybe he's a substitute teacher for a while. We don't see past this episode. We don't know. Of course, the episode I am talking about is from Season 8. It's Episode 5, To Joey with Love. Which this, I believe, is based off of... This comes from a movie. I'll find it. To Sir with Love. It's a title reference to a movie with Sidney Poitier. This movie came out in 1967. This episode has a 6.7 out of 10 rating based on 142 ratings. It was directed by Joel Zwick, writer Jeff Franklin, the creator, Chuck Tatum, and Jamie Tatum. Are they brothers? Are they cousins? Are they twins? I don't know, but they got the same last name. I think they're related. All right. In this episode, we get some uh, guest appearances. We get Marsha Wallace, R.I.P., as Mrs. Carruthers, who just love, love, loves Joey Gladstone. Anytime she can, she's wanting to put her hands on that man. Mrs. Carruthers, no means no. Respect and consent. Blake McIver Ewig. Plays Derek. We get an appearance by Derek. We get an appearance by Taj Mowry, who plays Teddy. He just had a birthday recently. So happy birthday, Teddy Taj Mowry. We get Catherine Zaremb, who plays Lisa. She's a redheaded girl. Oh, wow. She's my age. <laughs> well, she's like a week or like two weeks younger. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Oh my goodness. That is so... That's kind of weird. Because the Olsen twins were born in 86. We got uh, Taj, who's also born in 86. Derek was born in 85. But is that really right? Because she doesn't look like she would be... If that were the case... Because Jody Sweden was born in 82. How is... This looks like a flub to me. It really does. Unless maybe the girl is just, she is that age, but maybe she's short. I'm, I, I'm not trying to uh, make fun or anything, but I'm just like, that really, 
I just don't know. We got Terry and Splinter. Oh, oh, that's right. Because the B story is Jesse is trying to find some guitarist for his new band, Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. And we meet the guy who plays Viper, David Lipper. Aww. He was in the Pacifier movie? Dante's Peak? Uh, let's see, what else was this guy in? Oh, yeah, he did reappear as Viper in Fuller House. It was nice to see him back. I mean, I know they couldn't get Jason Marsden, who played Nelson, because he's he does a lot of voice acting now, which is cool. Um, She fought alone. Oh, that's a Tiffany Amber Thiessen, um college possible rape storyline. Okay, uh, step by step. He was in that. Okay, that's awesome. Well, we got some user reviews for this episode. Let's do that first and then we'll go to the trivia. There's one review, rates it a 9 out of 10. The title, okay. This, oh my goodness, this review was left April 22nd, 2019, so it's fresh. This is by Power Mandan. So the title, Joey a teacher? question mark. This is the first time we find out Joey got a teaching certificate after college and that he always renews it. Then how come he was always worried about going from job to <clears throat> excuse me. How come he was always worried about going from job to job when he was fired from Ranger Joe? Just go back to teaching. Sometimes it is easy to see where last minute write-ins occur. The flu has most substitute teachers at Michelle's school gone. Well, I would think the regular teachers are pretty much all out with the flu. That's why they're trying to bring in these substitutes, and it seems like maybe even the substitutes are sick, too. That's an epidemic. Close that school down. Get those kids out of there. Get get them home. And that, that school is a breeding ground for germs and the flu. If all the teachers are getting sick... Unless those teachers all went to a convention, a teaching convention together, and all got sick together, then maybe those kids are safe. But I'm like, no, you close that school down, and you take those kids home. You let them have a vacay. All right, so Joey steps in. Michelle tries to take advantage of this, his comedy and impressions, but it just leads to the class getting out of control with wanting him to do an impression of Porky Pig. Next person to make a sound goes to the office, and who should be next but Michelle? Spoilers, guys, if you have We've all seen these episodes. I don't need to say that. Next day, Joey tries to muster. F tries to be Mr. Funny Man, but doesn't get work done. There needs to be a balance. Meanwhile, Jesse is auditioning members for his new band. Danny is adamant about auditioning and turns out to be, by far, the best one Jesse sees. Will Danny be Jesse's new lead guitarist? Oh, heck no. No, 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 no. The balance between work and fun is done well here. Plus, the subplot with the guitarist is perfection. It sure is. Because we get to meet Viper. DJ's new guy. This is post-Steve. Alright, we got some trivia. In this episode, we learn that Joey's college major was education. He has a valid teaching certificate that he keeps updated, despite never using it. Well, because you probably never needed to bring it up. 
Unless, can you imagine if Joey were a substitute for Stephanie's class? Like, her being in middle school? When Danny and Viper have a guitar battle, they start playing She's Got the Jack by ACDC. I've never heard of that. And, of course, Viper's first appearance, which I already said. We got a goof. When Danny and Viper are dueling, both the switches on their guitars have not been flipped in any direction, so there would not be any amplification. This episode aired on October 25th, 1994. I would have been 12 for at least two months at that time. So, as I like to do, I like to thank all my listeners for listening, and my new listeners, thank you for jumping on board. And I'd like to let you know where you can go follow along with a podcast. All right. You can follow along on Facebook at Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. At Instagram at OMHCFHFH podcast. Twitter at OMHCFHFH podcast. Hold on a second. I do think that I did change up the Instagram one. Let me double check. That way it actually, I think it says Full House, Fuller House. Let me find out. Here we go. OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. I gotta change that on my uh, my phone here. On Twitter, let me make sure that is uh, the same or different. Already making mistakes. It's Monday. That's my excuse. It's Monday. Ugh, gotta get through the workday still. Ugh, it hasn't even started for me yet. Like, no. Alright. OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Podcast. Or OMHC, Full House. Alright. Also, I'd like to remind you, if you haven't yet, go to iTunes. If you're searching for the podcast, you can look up Fuller House or type in Oh My Lanta. My Lanta is... M-Y-L-A-N-T-A and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can even go to SoundCloud and follow along there as well so you'll get updated on new episodes. Alright, and if you're enjoying the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. All the reviews the show gets helps it get noticed by other Full House, Fuller House fans like yourselves. Okay, I am ready to start this episode. This was a fun one. I can definitely relate to, um, I had uh, a teacher in second and third grade. In second grade, I believe it was his first year teaching, um, second grade students. It was, it was special ed. There was probably maybe 12, 10 to 12 kids in there, myself included, and I'll admit it did get rambunctious at times, because, uh, I'm not gonna say his name. Um, but, he liked to joke around, he liked to have a fun time. Us kids would get riled up, but then he'd have to bring down the hammer to, you know, cool us down, get us back in our seats, continue with the lesson, all that stuff. But he was a fun guy. And not only that... He was there for me when I needed somebody to talk to or when I'd have a a bad day and I'd be upset and crying. He would help me out and everything. So let's get into 
to to Joey with love, not just her with love, to Joey with love. Alright, so now we jump into the cold open. We're in the living room. We have Becky and Stephanie and the twins. And we have a long tunnel. It's almost like one of those cat tunnels. Quinn has something like this. But it's made for young children to go into. So Stephanie is like, Aunt Becky, watch this. This is a fun little trick. Alex, you climb in with your feet and legs hanging out. Because we're only at... We're only seeing a part of the tunnel. Stephanie's like, all right, now we say the magic words. Presto stretch. Oh, my goodness. Presto stretcho. Guys, I'm sorry. I just had my lunch. And Stephanie kind of walks along the length of the tunnel with her hands out, like, <laughs> stretching. Because you don't see the other twin yet. And Ella, or, uh, Nikki comes out, dressed in the same shirt. He's like, ta-da! <laughs> oh, it's so cute! And Nikki's up front clapping his hands on the carpet. And then you have Alex at the back with his feet. And he's, like, banging his, his feet on the, um, on the hardwood floor. And Stephanie smiles at Becky. Turns her smile and says, our next show will be in 30 minutes. So Becky's like, Stephanie, you stretched my little boy. Now how is he going to fit in his little bed? As Nikki climbs out of the front of the tunnel and goes over and like, Mommy, I'm just me. Nikki's like, don't worry, Mommy. And then the camera cuts to the end of the tunnel as Alex gets out. like, we're still small as he holds his arms out. It's like, see? We're still the same size. So I'm going to play this clip because it is just, it is adorable. I know for the better part of seven seasons, it's always been a Michelle bit. And now they're incorporating the, the twins, Nikki and Alex, into this. And it's just, it's adorable. I really like it. That's why it's such a shame what they did to them on Fuller House. Made them caricatures and just people to laugh at and like oh you're a loser you didn't do anything with your life and like come on we didn't spend from season five to season eight waiting for these twins to be born and seeing jesse and becky stumble through being parents for the first time and up to the kids starting preschool just for them to end up as big jokes of the family to the point where Becky wants a do-over and they adopt a little baby girl. It's like, are you... That that just irritates me. You could have had Nikki and Alex have run like a... Co-run a successful business of sorts. But no, they're college dropouts. Or I guess they're finishing up their six or seven years of college and they're going to open a fish taco truck. Ugh. But here's the clip. All right, Aunt Becky, prepare to be amazed. Alex, if you will. <laughs> and we say the magic words. Presto stretcho. Ta-da! 
you stretched my little boy. Now, how's he going to fit in his little bed? Don't worry, Mommy. We are still small. <laughs> so what I noticed about the theme song now, we don't even get the milkman, the paper, whatever happened to the milkman, the paper boy, and evening TV, and predictability. And so we don't even get that. We just get the boom, cut to the bridge. We see the yellow full house font pop up. And then it's everywhere you look, everywhere you look. And it's cute. But maybe it's just like, like, we got to cut it down because we have to be within a certain time range of the episode. That's why they do the cold open. So that's why they make the opening theme song shorter. I don't think I've done a season 8 episode now that I think about it, so I wanted to quickly describe this theme song. John Stamos is the first uh, cast member build, and he is leaning against his car. He's wearing a flannel long sleeve shirt under a tan leather jacket, or a suede jacket, I'm not sure. He's got his arms crossed, and he's wearing jeans. We got Bob Saget as the next build, and he is wearing a suit jacket under a, or over a denim button-up that is over a white t-shirt with jeans. It looks like he is walking up the steps to the brownstone, or to the, um, house, and he's carrying luggage. Whose luggage? Maybe his. Because we know that he and Vicky are not together in season 8. We got a really nice shot of the bay in the background. That is really pretty. Alright, next up is going to be Dave Coulier. And he is wearing a long sleeved blue shirt with a flannel button up tied around his waist with jeans, and he is on rollerblades, and of course this is season 8, so Joey's got that long lion's mane of hair. As he's skating into the picture, again we get a shot of the bay. It looks like Joey's in a park setting. Alright, next up we have Candace Cameron, not Beret yet because she's still on the show. She hadn't gotten married yet. Looks like um she is wearing an outfit at first, I always think, is she working for the trolley system? Because she's on a trolley car. Oh, this is... I did not really care for the whole DJ wearing a tie with suspenders. Especially the tie. It's like... Whatever thought made... Whoever thought that women should... That women wearing ties and button-up shirts... It just... I don't know. I mean, if that's what you're into, that's alright. But with DJ, it's just... Maybe they just didn't care. Maybe Candace is like, yeah, I'll wear this. This sounds like... Or I don't care. Just put me in whatever. I want to get this season over with. I don't know how she felt. I know that everyone was ready to go and get it over with. I mean, after... I mean, think about it. That's eight years of your life. And especially for the guys. Because think about it. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, they were nine months old when they started that show. They grew up. The first eight years of their life was on a television show. This is really, really pretty. We have Jodie Sweetin in this really pretty um, white floral dress. And it's got like splotches of um, 
Well, maybe it's not a floral dress, but it's a nice long, perfect for walking on the beach. What Jody Sweden is doing. She's just walking along. And it's a nice, airy, flowy white dress with swatches of black and blue on it. It's just, the it's so cute. It's like everyone's getting near the water. They're like, let's represent the 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 area getting outside shots near the water. A lot of them are like, well, Jody Sweeten is definitely near the water. Actually, now that I think about it, the others really weren't. You can just see it in the distance. We have Lori Laughlin, who is sightseeing off of a... She's got her binoculars. We see the bridge in the background in the water, and she's looking through some binoculars. Off of what looks like maybe a pier or something like that. Alright, Andrea Barber, next up. She is putting some mustard on a dog, a hot dog. The kind that you get at a, a vending station. You know, you're just walking along and there is a hot dog vendor cart. Uh, and she's got, her hair is like just really blown out and just, it's not like up in a ponytail. It's not like around her face. She's got part of her hair like running down the side of her face and then the other half of her hair is kind of pushed back behind her back. She's wearing, this is really nice, it's like a set of blue and white striped overalls with a scoop neck yellow short sleeve top. Yellow goes great with mustard, because mustard is yellow. Alright, we get the twins, they are billed. We haven't seen Michelle, so they're being billed before her? That's weird. And it seems like, because in the last season, we had um, Blake and Dylan Tumoy Wilhoit. I'm not sure that you pronounce their last names that way. Um, but they're with Comet, and they were with Comet in the previous season. They're, like, in the living room on the floor with him, and they're, like, rubbing his belly. And you have the twins, like, kissing Comet on the head. They're just a head taller than Comet is. Okay, it says, and Mary... Uh, and Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen as Michelle. She is the only one that gets a special credit listing her character. So for the longest time, it had always been a Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen. And Michelle's character, or Mary-Kate or Ashley Olsen, whichever twin it is, is sitting in a chair that looks like one of those director chairs. And somebody is painting her picture. And I kind of wonder who this artist is. Odds are this is just a picture that shouldn't have been recreated. But the picture... Michelle is like eight years old in, the, in season eight. And this picture makes her look like she's maybe three or four. But it's a cute picture. I like it. It makes me think of... Um, I think it's from season three or four, Lisa the Beauty Queen. It might be season four, um, where Lisa's at this art fair and she's sitting for a person who's drawing. It's a caricature. It's the embarrassing type where they make your head huge and your teeth huge and just, and the little body and everything like that. It's really, 
it's creepy. And he's like, oh, you like roller skating, little girl? And Lisa's like, no. And he's like, every girl loves the roller skate. Here you go. You see a picture of Lisa Simpson on roller skates chasing this boy who is running for his life. Of course, everyone, there's a crowd around. They're all laughing. Like, ah. like oh, my goodness. And, and mind you, Lisa Simpson is eight years old. She's forever for the last 30, plus, 30 years. Eight years old. Just like Bart is ten years old. There is an episode where he celebrates his birthday in season three of Radio Bart where he goes from nine to ten. Now we cut back to a scene that is most likely probably season four or five. <clears throat> I think it's got to be like season three or four at this point. Um, we get John Stamos. We get Dave Coulier. We get... Bob Saget, and they're all sitting on the side of the pier. And Dave Coulier is wearing this moss green short sleeve shirt with a sweater tied around the front like he's a preppy high school, like he's Zach Morris or something. Danny is wearing this really gross, it's a fuchsia shirt underneath uh, a button-up, a v-neck button-up sweater that's got fuchsia and purple, and it's just, it's really a... Jesse has got it going on. He's got a simple white t-shirt underneath a sky blue or baby blue blazer and, you know, white shoes and some black jeans. Then the last scene is going to be them at the park. Michelle looks, she she's probably about three. Stephanie looks like she's about 9 or 10, and DJ looks like she's maybe 13, 14. And it, it looks early on in Jesse and Becky's relationship, because Becky's hair is pulled back in a ponytail. And they're all having a nice picnic. It's a windy, windy day. There's a football there. So we cut to the kitchen. Becky's coming through the door, and we have Danny and Joey there. I don't know whether they're getting ready for dinner, or it's after dinner. And Becky says, Joey, there's someone here for the PTA meeting. As in just one person, not a whole committee. I'm going to play this clip. Someone's here for your PTA meeting. Oh, yeah, who is it? Well, it's your co-president and not-so-secret admirer, Mrs. Carruthers. Oh, I hope she didn't bring her hands. <laughs> oh, there you are, Joey. Mm. Now, don't you keep me waiting. My meter's running. <laughs> so gosh darn irresistible oh yeah it's a curse so as soon as becky lets joey know it's mrs carruthers the co-president of the pta and the woman who is your not so secret admirer as soon as becky says those words boom mrs carruthers pops her head out in the doorway there like hey joey i have my hands as she wiggles her fingers like and I don't know what's up with her, Marcia Wallace's hair. It's more of a really, really Kool-Aid red looking. Like, because uh. I've seen her on that, that match game show, I thought. Well, Jeremy's into those old um, game shows, like uh, Password Plus and all that stuff and match game. And I saw a really younger, thinner version of Marcia Wallace. And I'm like, yeah, not only is she Mrs. Carruthers, she does the voice of Mrs. 
Krabappel, Bart's teacher. Which, I don't know, did they... I think they might have killed off Mrs. Krabappel um, when Marsha Wallace passed. And do you know, I don't currently watch The Simpsons, but this is just from gleaming information from IMDb. Ned Flanders and Krabappel had gotten married at one point. Like, oh my goodness gracious. They just, they seem like polar opposites. Ned is like really, um, a church-going man. And Krabappel is just, she's hanging loose. She's getting the guys. They just seem like a weird pairing. But maybe they kind of, uh, balanced each other out in a way. Jesse comes in the side door after Joey disappears into the living room with Mrs. Carruthers. I pray for you, Joey. I pray for you. Uh, Jesse comes in. He's holding the newspaper, and he's like, Hey, I got it. Here's my ad for a new guitarist from my new band. And Jesse's still wearing sunglasses. Like, take those off. I know he's wearing them for style, but take those off. Yeah, you're inside. You got nothing to hide. So Jesse sits down and reads the newspaper ad. And he's like, wanted for band, bad, <clears throat> one bad dude with an axe. Hey everybody, my search for a new lead guitarist is about to end. Check out this ad I put in the paper. Wanted for band, one down dude with an axe. Down dude with an axe, just you better be careful, you could wind up with a depressed lumberjack. <laughs> I'll just arrange my shrimp balls over here. Honey, this new band has got to be ten times hotter than the Rippers. You know, i got to find a guy that lives for the music, you know, a guy with real rock and roll in his blood. Oh, no. Just, you know, I, 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 I play guitar. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind for the next family hootin', Annie. <laughs> now, Danny, I, I need someone with band experience. Oh, I, I have band experience. In high school, I was with a group called Four Guys Named Danny. Well, the name was a coincidence, but we just thought we'd run with it. <laughs> Just, I am one down dude with an axe. I am. More like a lanky loner with a ladle. I'm serious. The least you can do is just let me audition. No, the least I can do is ignore you completely. So, Danny makes a... You gotta be careful with that ad, Jess. You might get a depressed lumberjack. And Becky and Jesse look at him like, Okay, that was, uh... Not one of your good ones there, Danny. And Jesse, the reason that he's doing this, he's starting this new band, he's like, my band has got to be ten times hotter than what the Rippers were. He, his problem is, you know, he this season, start of season eight, the very first episode, gets dumped by the Rippers. Like, you've lost your passion for the music, you got too many things going on, you got your family, you got your, your club, you got your radio show. And it seems like, yeah, his band is way down on the list. And whenever they try to practice, especially in the episode, they're constantly getting interrupted from Joey and Becky, and the twins were down there playing their music. And, um, I'm not sure which guy, it's the guy on the drums, I think, that said, Jess, look, um, we all took a vote, and this is the hardest thing we've ever had to do, but we're dropping you, we're cutting you from the band, we gotta let you loose. And Jesse is affronted like, wait, no, I mean, are you kidding? I mean, wait, we have a big gig coming up Saturday. And he's like, no, you knuckleheads. And they're like, no, we're not, we're not kidding. You've just, you lost your passion for the music. And they all leave. And 
Jesse's like, no, come on, guys, you're all joking, right? And Larry, who's been, or Gary, excuse me, who's been with Jesse since season one, been through through it all. He says, look, Jess, it's over, all right? Which, okay. And he takes it hard. So that's why he is so obsessed and determined to get an amazing lead guitarist for this new band, the Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. That's a cool name. I like that name probably just as much as the Rippers. It's just, it's funky. It's just wild. You gotta kind of wonder, like, what kind of music are they gonna play? The Rippers will always be the best in my heart. You always know that. The Rippers will be the best. They were the first. They came before. They will be the best. They will live on in our hearts. But, of course, this is a new generation. Jesse needs new music. Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets, it is. He's got to find his lead guitarist. And Danny's like, oh, you know, um, Jesse, I am, uh, I play guitar, you know? And Jesse's like, great, I'll, um, I'll keep that in mind for the next family hoot nanny. So they're really digging on Danny. And Danny, Danny's like, no, I'm really good. And Jesse's like, well, I want someone with band experience who's been in a band. And Danny's like, well, I mean, I was in high school in a band called Four Guys Named Danny, which was just a coincidence. And he he's saying, I can be a down dude with an axe. And Becky makes a joke about more like a lanky loner with a ladle. They just, yeah, I, I agree with Jesse and Becky. It's just the fit, it doesn't seem like it would jive too well. It just seems like Jesse's got an image that he wants to uphold. He wants to show up the Rippers. Having Danny in that band is not gonna help. Even though Danny is really good. I mean, think about it. We've seen Dave, or bleh, we've seen Bob Saget play the guitar in many episodes. All the way back probably to season one when he was showing um... DJ, when DJ was trying to take up the guitar, which usually she gets her lessons from Uncle Jesse, but at the time, Jesse was having a midlife crisis. He had to go find himself. He was in Tahoe. So, Danny was picking up the slack there, so. <laughs> slack. Like, it's slack. It's his own kids, right? So, Joey pops his head in the kitchen door, like, hey, can someone bring out some shrimp balls? Can you bring out something? Just... And his hair is all must like Mrs. Carruthers has been rubbing her hands all in Joey's hair, mussing it up. It's just like, uh, and she goes and grabs him by the back of the shirt and yanks him back. Like, I'm not done with you yet, Joey. I'm going to play this clip as the way Joey looks with his hand raised, almost like he's trying to calm down a wild animal that's getting ready to pounce on him, which is exactly what Mrs. Carruthers looks like with her burnt red hair and she's got her hands out like she's she's literally ready to like jump Joey and then knock him to the ground like a lioness on a warthog or something so I'm gonna play this clip as Joey's like well no 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 Mrs. Carruthers calm down you know the whole committee's gonna be here soon we don't want to you know make anything look weird and that's when Mrs. Carruthers drops the bomb <laughs> What committee? I'm the committee. There's no one else showing up. Are you silly? 
Brothers, the rest of the executive committee is going to be here any minute. <laughs> oh, you silly Billy. This is the executive committee. You, me, and a couple of throw pillows. <laughs> oh, Danny, Danny, I, I saved you a seat right over here in the middle. There you go, right? So, uh, Mrs. Carruthers, why exactly did you call this meeting? Well, A, because of that pesky flu epidemic, there is a serious shortage of substitute teachers. And B, because I just got a new outfit, I wanted you to see it. Ta-da! I think I can help you out. It zips in the back. No, I was talking about the teacher shortage. When I graduated from college, I got a teaching certificate. Is that thing still good? Oh, I always renew it. I figure, you know, if my radio career goes south, I've got something solid to fall back on. Oh, if you ask me, you've already got something solid to fall back on. <laughs> So Danny comes in finally with those shrimp balls, and Joey gets up, like, oh, Danny, thank goodness you're here. I saved you a seat here, right in the middle, right between me and Mrs. Carruthers. Please sit down. <laughs> and Mrs. Carruthers just looks bothered, like, I wanted to sit next to Joey. You've had him enough, Mrs. Carruthers. You need to stop this. This is harassment. And it's a sitcom, so I guess we're just supposed to find it funny. So, Joey finally gets down to the brass tacks here. Like, so, Mrs. Carruthers, why did you call this meeting? And, of course, Mrs. Carruthers leans over Danny and puts her hand on Joey's... She leans across Danny's lap, puts her hand on Joey's arm. Well, A. Okay, so she says because of that pesky flu epidemic, there is a shortage of substitute teachers. Okay, so it's just the substitutes that are getting ill. Um, okay, is the school just taught by substitute teachers? Do they not have any actual, like, permanent teachers there? I'm confused. And B, she stands up and says, I wanted you to see my new dress. And Joey's like, oh, you know, I think I could help you out. And Mrs. Crowther's like, oh, it zips in the back. And I'm like, ah, gross. Joey's like, no, I meant with the teacher shortage. Um, at one point, I did get my teaching certificate, which I do renew every year in case, you know, if my radio station career goes south, I gotta have something to fall back, solid to fall back on. Of course, Mrs. Carruthers is like looking at his butt and going, looks like you already have something solid to fall back on. Like, whoa, girly, woo! Take a cold shower, Mrs. Carruthers, please. All right, Michelle walks through the door. Danny gets up and asks her how school was today. Like, hmm, not good. So her regular teacher, Mrs. Ullman, is also not in school. So I'm guessing this flu epidemic wave hit all the regular teachers and all the substitutes. There must have been a teacher's convention somewhere where they all gathered together. What else would explain this flu massive wide panic epidemic? Other than a teacher's convention, which a big swarm of flu bugs swirled around like a cloud above everybody's heads and hit like a rain cloud. Boom. Everyone's infected. So since they don't have their teacher and they don't have a substitute, they're watching film strips in class. I remember film strips. I used to like to sit by the projector because it would emit nice warm heat. And he's like, well, what did you do all day? Don't tell me you watch another film strip. And she's like, yeah, we did. A real winner as she rolls her eyes. The making of maple syrup from forest to flapjacks. 
Wow, was this um, an eight-hour film strip? They must have watched more. What else? Okay, I'm guessing. Okay, here's what I'm guessing. Watch the film strip. It was probably less than 30 minutes long. Or they stretched it out in slow-mo to make it an hour long. To cut an hour. Um, the kids went to lunch. Of course, you know, they got their lunch. They got their recess. Why not just extend both of those and stretch it out, you know? Just give the kids something to look for. They could have been playing movie movies. They could have been playing movie movies. I honestly feel, and I've said this before, not on the podcast, but all of sixth grade was nothing but movie watching. I actually made a list of all the movies I had, which I think at the time was maybe like 26. And I remember when the Lion King movie came out, it was the first winter that my grandma and grandpa, they went to Arizona for the winter because of my grandpa's arthritis. And when grandma came back, she was due in like April to come, you know, there to come home. And I said, can you get me The Lion King on VHS? Because if you think about it, it came out in theaters in 94, in June, right? It didn't come out on VHS till at least probably like April. And my Aunt Debbie said, well, you know, I'm getting um, the VHS for uh, my, for her daughter, Kara. I can just pick you up a copy for you and you can just pay me back. Like, okay, cool, cool. Disney movies took the longest to come out on VHS, it feels like. It took at least, I mean, think about it, that's six months. That took, like, not quite a year. That is a long time. But the thing is, I remember, like, someone else had gotten it before I had gotten it, and they brought it in, and I kind of, I didn't throw a fit. I did not throw a fit. I was irritated because I'm like, no, I don't want to watch it because I haven't gotten my copy yet, which I want to watch. So I just was kind of in a funk the whole day, so I didn't really enjoy it. Like, no, I want to watch my copy. I want to experience it first for the first time with my own VHS copy of The Lion King. I also would get the, um, the trading, the Lion King trading cards at the gas station. Those were like, I swear, like either... A buck ninety nine or two ninety nine, and we'd get one whenever my dad would go to the gas station. He'd be in line like, "Oh, can I get those?" I also used to get um, Dick Tracy. I also got um, other trading cards like Alf back in like eighty six. Um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was another one. Batman Returns was another one. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Tur- uh, Secret of the Ooze. Uh, of course, we cut back to the couch as. Mrs. Carruthers loops her arm through Joey's and says, Joey, do you know what wonderful idea just popped into my head? And Joey's a little hesitant, like, uh, Mrs. Carruthers, there is mean, I remind you, there is a little one present. And she's like, oh, well, uh, otherwise, I thought, why don't you teach Michelle's class, you know, with the shortage and everything? So I'm going to play this clip. Hey, honey. Was Miss Allman back in school today? No, and we didn't have a substitute either. What'd you do all day? Don't tell me another film strip. Yep, a real winner. The making of maple syrup from Forest to Flapjack. <laughs> Joey, do you know what wonderful idea just occurred to me? Uh, Mrs. Carruthers, remember, there is a little one present. Oh. Well, in that case, I've got another idea. You could substitute teach Michelle's class. Joey! It would be so cool if you were our teacher. Okay, sure. It sounds like you guys are in a tough spot. I'll, I'll give it a shot. 
This will be so much fun. It's the only time we ever laugh at Mrs. Ullman is when she tucks her dress in her pantyhose. This should be very interesting. My daughter being taught by a man who has every Scooby-Doo on tape. Hey, I'm serious. Teaching is a huge responsibility. You know, suddenly I feel useful, noble, a productive member of society. It's like the guy who looked at a lollipop and said, I could put a hunk of Tootsie Roll inside this thing. There's nothing more inspiring than watching that man walk out of a room. So when Mrs. Carruthers suggests that Joey substitute teach for Michelle's class, Michelle is like all for it right away. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so great, Joey. The only time we uh, laugh at Mrs. Allman is when she tucks her dress into her pantyhose. <clears throat> Excuse me. So right away. Michelle's getting this vision in her head of what it's going to be like having Joey as a teacher. We all know Joey is Mr. Funny Man. He's always cracking jokes. There have been very, very, maybe only one time we have seen Joey as an authority figure, if only for a moment. And that one was... Let's see. The episode, I'm guessing, from season... I gotta get this right. Dude, I am running a Full House podcast. If I can't say what... I know the title, but I gotta know what season it's from. I'm guessing season two, but I'm gonna check. Alright, yes, it's season two, episode seven, entitled Joey Gets Tough. This is the episode where uh, everyone's going out, but Joey and the girls. Joey's gonna babysit. The girls are like, this is great. We can watch Tiffany live from Tokyo. And... They show him, like, oh, look at this amazing documentary from Japan. Joey takes the TV guy, like, oh, let me guess, would this documentary from Japan be about Tiffany live from Tokyo? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. And he's like, uh, this Tiffany live from Tokyo goes on till 1030. You girls aren't staying up that late. And... He ropes, she, they rope him into it by giving him the bunny nose where they rub their noses against the sides of his face. He gives in, he's like, alright, I'll make the popcorn. And the girls are all, they're doing the Egyptian, walk like an Egyptian, dancing to, I think we're alone now. Danny comes in, he's angry, like, what are the girls still doing up? And the girls, quickly, they bounce, they're out of there, like, okay, uh, it's going time for a good bed, stuff. alright. And Joey tries to follow suit, like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm tired, too. I'm going to go to bed. Danny's like, uh, come back here, son. No. You know what? You let those girls take advantage of you. And Joey, as he says, I'm not an authority figure. My parents fought all the time. I don't want to be that person. So what happens the next time, which I'll get to when Joey does become an authority figure, is because DJ's in karate. She comes home late. He even had to call Mrs. Gibbler to see where DJ was. Well, he knew she was at her karate tournament, but other than that, you know, she was supposed to be home at a certain time. She didn't call. She's like, oh, we stayed after to plan for strategy strategy for a big tournament. And she just walks past him like, all right, bye. Can we order pizza? Bye. And he's like, hey, DJ, I was really worried about you that you didn't come home and you didn't call. If your dad would, was here, you would have called him. So what is going on? And DJ's like, oh, Joey, don't have a cow. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not. So Joey, the whole time, was picturing you lying dead in a gutter somewhere. 
and you think it's absolutely fine just walk all over him. Probably because Joey has been the type that he'll just let things slide. Like the thing with the Tiffany video and everything. She goes to walk away. He's like, that's it. You are grounded. And DJ turns around like, you can't ground me. And he's like, you want to bet? And she's like, well, for, fine. You want to ground me? Great. But when my dad gets here, he'll say I'm ungrounded. And she's like... Joey's like, I wouldn't count on that. And she leaves. And they have to go through a whole thing where she's mad at him, giving him the silent treatment and everything like that. And it's just a whole thing. I'll get into it when I cover that episode. But Joey is going to get to that point in this episode where he has to stand up and be an authority figure. The kids are getting out of control. Michelle's the ringleader with this. And it's just, yeah. That's what happens. You think like, oh, I know so-and-so. They're going to teach my class. That's going to be great. We won't have to really learn anything. But boy, is she surprised when Joey's like, all right, we got to work on our state capitals. So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So Joey does agree to teach Michelle's class. And then he's like, you know, I feel noble and like a productive member of society. Like in contributing. And then he stands up and says, just like the guy who thought, hmm, I bet I could put a hunk of Tootsie Roll in this lollipop. Then he walks off and Miss, Mrs. Carruthers says, there's nothing more inspiring than watching that man walk out of a room. But the look on her face, she puts a hand to her face like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. And I almost thought, is she, did the actress break character? Like, I can't believe this line is just absolutely ridiculous that they made me say this. Oh yeah, it just so looks like she broke character. Like, oh my god, really? Alright, so it's later that night. Danny's got his guitar. I think he's got his little amp hooked up to it. And he is playing his old heart out. He wants this audition so bad because Jesse has not given him a yes yet. He's not given him a definite. And he's annoying the family. And Danny's like, hey, how about I spice up the old message on the answering machine? And he does a little uh, reggae-ish type of thing. And Stephanie's like, if that's going to be on the answering machine, I'd be moving, man. I'm gonna play this clip because it's just funny. It's like, uh, stop the insanity, please stop. And DJ's like, Je Uncle Jesse, please just let him audition so he'll stop. Am I wrong, or do you think maybe it's time to spruce up the message on the old answering machine? You know what? I'm thinking reggae. <laughs> Telephone me ringing, man. That's what I be singing, man. Message at the beat, man, yeah. Dad, if that's gonna be in our answering machine, I'd be moving, man. And if I don't let you audition, how long is this nonsense going to go on? Pretty much night and day. Flamenco! Uncle Jesse, please give him the audition. Stop the insanity! Stop! 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 Go! All right, audition. Five o'clock tomorrow. Be there. I practice all night, man. Thank you. Alright, now we cut to the next day to Fraser Street Elementary. I'm guessing Michelle has gotta be, my guess is second grade, because she's eight. 
And we cut to the classroom, and the camera zooms over to Michelle, who's standing at a desk, briefing her friends, Derek, Lisa, and Teddy, about how great it's going to be having Joey. Like, oh my gosh, his impressions. I mean, you guys know, right? I mean, you've been to the house. You've heard Joey's impressions. Oh, and also, don't pull his finger. No matter how much he begs, no matter how much he whines, do not, under any circumstances, pull his finger. Really? Joey's teaching our class today? Yep. Get ready for funny voices, great jokes. Oh, one warning. Don't pull his finger. My sides are aching just thinking about the hilarity to come. Oh, and remember when Joey's goofing around, don't drink anything. How come? You'll be laughing so hard, it'll come out of your nose. <laughs> that sounds gross. I love it. <laughs> Teddy also adds, oh, whenever Joey's telling a joke, whatever you do, don't be drinking, like, anything. And Lisa's like, why? And Teddy's like, well, because it'll come out of your nose. And Lisa's like, ew. But then she gets the smile on her face, like, hmm. I like it. She is the one that's always about the gross out stuff. Like, she was the one in my left and right foot, I think, the episode where Michelle's feet are growing extremely large. She's the one that convinces Michelle to stick her feet in a bucket of ice water to, quote-unquote, try to shrink her feet. She could have gotten hypothermia. Oh, yeah. She, oh, in the, um, the super secret club, Lisa was the one that said if anyone tells a secret, they'll have to pull out their toenails and eat them. <laughs> Even Aaron at the, in that episode was like, Lisa, you're gross. And Lisa just smiles and is like, I know. <laughs> so the principal comes in with Joey and Right away, you get the feeling that she is really a little uneasy about leaving this man with these, alone with these children. Um, she probably thinks that his teaching certificate, because she says, I'm going to go look at it, look at it again, but with a magnifying glass. Because odds are she thinks he probably just printed it off, like off the computer or something like that. I know we didn't have the internet, we didn't have those... What are those websites where you can go online and you can um, become, like, um, a person that can officiate a wedding ceremony? Clergy.com or something like that? Yeah. So, I don't get, I mean, this lady, I get that Joey comes off as kind of goofy. and I mean, you look at him, his mane of hair, his goofy face. You're like, this guy looks like... I don't know if I trust him around these kids. <laughs> but, I mean, Joey's just a fun-loving guy. And I think sometimes that doesn't help him when he needs to be serious. Because right away, these kids have been briefed by Michelle. Like, Joey's funny. But they know he's funny. They've never Michelle's never seen Joey get really angry or serious. Never in all her life. Even Teddy makes a joke like, hey, this is funny. Joey's trying to be serious. So the principal comes and <clears throat> and the kids all run to their desks. 
So she tells the class, say hello to Mr. Gladstone. He's going to be your substitute teacher. And she tells the kids, I want you to be on your best behavior today. And Joey, of course, uses this time to make a joke. Like, oh, I will be. Uh, I mean, they will be. And the look she gives him is like, I am really second guessing you teaching this class. So that is strike one, Joey. Already out the gate, you haven't even started teaching anything, and you got a strike against you. Oh, Joey, 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 Joey. No. And the kids don't help matters by laughing at that joke. So already, it's like, uh -huh, I don't know. I'm not, no, I'm not comfortable with leaving you here with these kids. Like, I don't think any real work is going to get done today. At least she probably thinks by them watching film strips, they're still being educated. Even though it's not a teacher educating them, it's a film strip. Class, your teacher today is Mr. Gladstone. Let's all say good morning. Good morning, Mr. Gladstone. Well, good morning, everybody. I want everyone to be on their best behavior today. Oh, I will be. I mean, uh, they will be. <laughs> Kids, that was not supposed to be funny. Well, I guess I'll just head back to my office and take another quick look at your teaching certificate. <laughs> okay, kids, now let's get down to the business of learning, shall we? <laughs> That's funny. Joy's pretending to be serious. <laughs> hey, come on, I am being serious. We got a lot of ground to cover today. So let's start by opening our science books to chapter four. Hey, Rock, watch me pull chapter four out of my hat. Come on, let's all calm down now, okay? Hey, Joey, do Porky Pig. Uh, do Porky Pig. Uh, Michelle, uh, first off, at school, it's Mr. Gladstone, and I'm not doing Porky Pig. Porky! 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 That's it. Now, the next person who makes even one little peep is going straight to the principal's office. Come on, Joey. Lighten up. <gasps> Michelle. What? I didn't peep. Don't worry. I'm sure it was just an empty threat. <laughs> now, Michelle, you heard me. Now, I'm afraid I'm going to have to send you straight down to Mrs. Homewood's office. Me? Yes, you. Now. Thanks a lot, Mr. Gladstone. I thought you were my friend. He's a teacher, Michelle. You know better. So yeah, Teddy's like, hey, look, Joey's pretending to be, to be serious. Because Joey's like, all right, kids, open your science books to page chapter four. We got a lot of ground to cover today. And Michelle doesn't exactly help matters by like, hey, rookie, watch me pull chapter four science book out of my head. Like, <laughs> come on. And you know what that made me think of when she put those little antlers up on either side of her head? Remember, um, I think it was Double Trouble. Michelle was starting kindergarten, and she was nervous about making friends. Like, nobody's gonna like me. And Joey does the whole bullwinkle, like, Hello, Michelle, I'm Joey Gladstone. Now you try it. And she's like, Hello, Joey, I'm Joey Gladstone. Like, <laughs> of course, Joey has to come over to Michelle and 
make her understand, Michelle, when we are in class together, you do not refer to me as Joey. You refer to me as Mr. Gladstone. Like, just pretend I'm like any other teacher you've had before. Now, Michelle is becoming an instigator here. She's like, come on, Joey, do Porky Pig. She just thinks the class is going to be no learning, just impressions all day with Joey. That's why she was so psyched about having him, because she's like, hey, it's basically going to be like a free day. We don't got to watch film strips. We're going to be entertained by Joey all day. And Joey's at the... At his desk saying, uh, Michelle, I'm not doing Porky Pig, alright? Now calm down. Michelle stands up and all of a sudden it's a rebellion and the kids are going banging on the table gate. Porky, Porky, Porky! Finally, and Joey is trying to get the class under control. You can hear him like, alright kids, settle down. He's trying to raise his voice, but the kids are so loud. I'm surprised the teacher, or the principal didn't come back down and say, what is going on here? Because they're that loud. You can't tell me other classrooms couldn't hear that commotion. So in order to get the kids' attention, he takes his big leather, um briefcase, whatever you want to call it, takes it, raises it a couple inches off of his desk, drops it, and it goes, and the kids immediately stop. And Joey's like, that's it, I've had it. The next person to make a peep is going straight to the principal's office. Of course, Michelle uses this, like, oh, come on, Joey, lighten up. And the kids all go like, they gasp audibly. And Joey's like, all right, Michelle, go down to Mrs. Allman's office. And Michelle's like, I didn't peep. You can't be serious. And Derek, of course, is like, oh, come on, Michelle. It's just an idle threat. It's it's an empty threat. And Joey points a finger at Derek like, you need to be quiet, sir. And Derek immediately stands up straight in his chair. And yeah, Michelle's like, what, what, me? Seriously? And he's like, yes, seriously, go now. And she gets her bag and you hear that sad music cue in. She looks at Joey and says, I thought you were my friend, Mr. Gladstone. And she walks away. And I'm like, you know better, Michelle. If that were your, your dad teaching up there, substitute teaching, if they were Uncle Jesse, you know dang well they would not hesitate to put that girl in her place. I know they've let her run. They, she runs that house. She's run that house for umpteen seasons. They've let her do whatever she wants. They've let her get her way. And now it's coming back to bite her in the butt. Like, you, you're not going to do that. You might act like that at home. That's fine. But here is a whole new ballgame. You're going to respect the authority of Joey Gladstone while he's a teacher. So Joey is feeling... You know, he's feeling uh, not so great. And now he's got those kids with Michelle gone. They're going to turn on him. Oh, can you imagine how that day is going to go? Michelle probably got sent home or more than likely she was just talked to and then sent back to class. Oh, my goodness. All right. Now we are cutting back to B story here part of it. Danny is still practicing on his guitar. He's got comment for uh, comment for an audience member. Of course, at this time in season 8, comment is played by a different dog. 
This dog looks like a younger Comet. Because if you look in the other seasons, Comet's nose is not completely black. There is a bit of pink there. And this dog just looks younger. Comet? That's very rude. I wasn't finished yet. I thought this was the cutest gag <laughs> the whole episode. So as I said, Danny's playing for Comet, and Comet just, he's had enough too, just like the whole family. And he starts to belly crawl away. He was at the side of the coffee table, and he's belly crawling away in front of the, and Danny's like, Comet, that was very rude. I wasn't finished playing. And Comet's like, uh, he puts his head down. But I don't want to hear anymore. My ears, my precious doggy ears. So open the door. The door's open. Joey comes in. He's had a rough day. I take it, of course, he drove Michelle home. And there was nothing but the silent treatment on that drive home from school. So Danny's like, oh, Joey, what happened? One of the big kids take your milk money and Joey's like well yeah he's like but I'm over that but Joey's feeling really rotten and of course Michelle is in helping matters he's like oh I gotta be the world's worst substitute teacher and Danny's like I'm sure you're not the worst and Michelle comes over and says do I get a vote and Danny's like Michelle that's not very nice and Michelle's like but he sent me to the principal's office and Danny turns to Joey, like, Joey, that's not very nice. So da Joey explains to Danny how the class was completely out of control. And he finally said the next person who talks goes straight to the principal's office and that next person just happened to be Michelle. And Danny looks at Michelle and he's like, well, is that true? And Michelle's like, part of it. And Danny's like, well, which part? And she says, what Joey just said. So Danny's like, you know, I think you need to go to your room. And, and Danny's sticking up for, for Joey. He's like, well, you know, Joey did the right thing. And I think you know, you need to go to your room and think about it for a while. And Michelle, of course, before she leaves, has to throw this dig at Joey. Like, well, you give a guy a book with all the answers in the back and he forgets who his friends are. It's like, Michelle, stop. This is your fault. You shouldn't, you know better than to act like that. So I'm going to play this clip. Joey, why the sad face? What happened? One of the big kids take your milk money? Well, yeah. But I'm over that. I gotta be the world's worst substitute teacher. I'm sure you're not the worst. Do I get a vote? Michelle, that's not very nice. He sent me to the principal's office. Joy, that's not very nice. Danny, the whole class was out of control, and I said the next person who talks goes straight to the principal's office. That next person happened to be Michelle. Is that true? Well, part of it. Which part? The part Joey said. If that's the case, I think maybe Joey did the right thing. You ought to go upstairs in your room and think about it for a while. Boy, you give a guy a tie and a book with the answers in the back, and he forgets who his friends are. Michelle's got a backpack on, and it is stuffed to the gills. It is really, and I'm like, what is in there? Forced air? Like a chip bag? 
I gotta say this about the Olsen twins. They are phenomenal phenomenal on this show they have been. But it seems like season 8, just everybody was exhausted from playing these characters. And it just... Even Ashley and Mary-Kate look they are ready to just be done with the show and just move on to other things. Granted, they moved on to other TV shows and a bunch of other things, and now they're doing their fashion empire, which is awesome. But, it's just, I mean, she grew up on the show for eight years. That's a long time to a kid that all you know is playing a character on television. You're being, you know, force-fed these lines that you gotta say. She just is not really emoting much. And it just seems like she's just... I mean, I'm not put, trying to put her down or anything. It just seems like all of them were just ready for it to be over, I'm sure. I mean, I believe at one time it was said that they were possibly going to be renewed for a season nine, but it was going to move to, like, a WGN or something. Or, no, the WB. They're going to move to a whole new network. And... John Stamos was like, I'm not doing that. And I'm sure Bob Saget and Dave Coulier were ready to be done as well. DJ wouldn't, if they'd have had a season nine, DJ would have been off in college. So Candace Cameron would have been ma making sporadic appearances from time to time, probably around the holidays and this and that. But, you know, these kids wanted to get on with their lives and move forward. Alright, now we cut over to the kitchen. We got DJ and Stephanie and Kimmy hanging out with all these possible newbie bandmates for Jesse's Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets band. And they're just commenting on how hot these guys are. You know, there's a mixture of guys. A lot of them like, are either wearing leather jackets or vests. Or jean jackets, some have long hair, some have short hair, some hair have short hair and facial hair, or long hair and facial hair. Wow. I like Stephanie here. She's like, wow, how do you divide ten guys by, ten hot guys by three, look, three good-looking girls? And of course, Kimmy's got to chime in when, let's see, five for me, five for DJ, and Zipola for Blondie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because at this point, Stephanie's only 13. These guys gotta be at least over 20. None of them look like they're out of high, that they're in high school or 18. They all look like they're over 21. But what the heck, Stephanie can dream, right? Wow. How do you divide 10 hot looking guys by three girls? Simple. Five for DJ. Five for me, and Zipola for Little Miss Get Real. <laughs> this is amazing. Uncle Jesse puts an ad in the paper for one day, and this place is packed. So how come I run a personal ad for a month and don't get a single response? Next time, leave your picture out. Oh, okay, so, no, Kimmy says, like, let's see, five for me, five for DJ, and... Zipola for Miss Get Real. <laughs> I was just looking at uh, Andrea Barber here, and they really, they got that eyeliner. I was really looking, it's making her eyes, like, really, really pop. And just, they got a nice bit of blush on her cheeks and the lipstick, and it's really making her face, like, really come alive. Like, it's really pretty. 
So, right now, DJ is Sans Nelson, Sans' boyfriend. So, of course, this opens the door for a newcomer, love interest, Viper. But we will, of course, get a reappearances by Nelson this season. At least, I think, one more time. Becky comes down with the twins, Nikki and Alex. And she's like, alright, boys, you want some ice cream? And they're like, yeah! And everyone else, oh, she says, who wants ice cream? And everybody there raises their hands like, yes, yes, me, 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 me. And, of course, Becky's got to clarify. Um, okay. So I'm going to play. This is an adorable clip. And she's like, what flavor do you want? Vanilla. You're like, vanilla? Okay. Well, could you vanilla? That sounds like an interesting flavor. Vanilla could be like banana vanilla. Which, I don't know. I might not be into I just actually bought, um, it's a limited batch of Ben & Jerry's ice cream. It's like a, it's Bob Marley One Love. Like, it's got, like, banana, and it's got, like, graham cracker in it, and it's got some other things in it that I can't think of at the moment. Caramel, maybe? I can't remember, but, um... I saw that on the Ben and Jerry's Facebook page, and they have another one there that looks good too, but I couldn't find it because they went to Walmart, and I just they really didn't have a huge selection. So I'll I'll check out um, when I go to Meyer see their. I just get the pints. I don't need a whole box of ice cream because a lot of the time it gets that freezer burn on it, and it's just really gross. So. All right, there you go. Okay, guys, who wants ice cream? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Who wants ice cream but can't read yet? <laughs> All right, how about this? Wants ice cream, can't read, no tattoos. <laughs> we have two winners. Yay! All right, let's get some ice cream. What kind do you want, chocolate or vanilla? Banana. Okay. Banana. <laughs> so she Becky sees all those hands shooting the air and she's like, Alright, let me rephrase that. Who wants ice cream but can't read yet? And you got like four hands that are still up. She's like, Alright, let me try this again. Who wants ice cream? Can't read yet and has no tattoos. And of course the four hands go down. Like, eh, I thought so. And no, uh, they're like, oh, we have two winners. And Nikki and Alex are like, yay. And they're like, all right, what do you want? Ch uh, vanilla or chocolate? And they're like, badilla. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's cute. Danny, of course, he's got his guitar. He's like, hey, am I up yet? And DJ's like, dad, you know Uncle Jesse said five o'clock no earlier. And Danny looks around at all these wannabe rockers. He's like, oh, I just thought there'd be uh, some, oh, I don't know, cancellations. And he looks again. Or arrests, maybe? Uh. So I'm going to play this clip as Jesse comes up from the studio in the basement. Put, uh, you know, claps his hand on the back of a guy who's like, leaving. Like, alright, thank you for showing up. And he goes to the DJ and says, hey, who we got next on the docket? Is it time for my audition yet? Dad, I told you before, Uncle Jesse said 5 o'clock, no earlier. I know, I know. I just thought maybe there'd be some cancellations. Or arrests. <laughs> All right, thanks, pal. All right, who's next? Um, first up is Crash, then Scuzz, then Scab. Yeah. Scuzz, Scab. 
Maybe, maybe I need a tough rock and roll name like that, huh? No. Oh, hey, I got a great one. How about Soap Scum? <laughs> I think that's too tough. How about Mildew? It's <laughs> vicious. So we got some interesting names here. Scuzz, Scab, and some other guy whose name probably starts with an S. So those are their band names? Those can be their... They gotta be, I go by this name. Because, whatever. And Danny's like, hmm, maybe I could do with a edgy rock and roll name. Like, uh, and... Jesse's like, hmm, yeah, how about soap scum? And Danny's like, I don't know, that seems a little too, too much. How about mildew, he thinks, he says. And Jesse's like, ooh, it's vicious. (laughs) I like it. Both Jesse and Danny are rocking white tees. I gotta say, Danny's look is great. I really love that white tee under that black vest. It's really, really cool. It makes me semi-attracted. Semi, I say. Attracted to Danny. But just because he's wearing that. I gotta say, season 8, Danny Tanner is rocking. Bob Saget is rocking the best hair. You know, it's not got that weird wavy side part anymore like he had in like season 4 or 5. Oof. All right, now we cut down to the studio as Jesse is testing out new guitarists. That Splinter here, who is a guy with long, long hair, possibly suffers from hearing loss because Jesse's telling him to cut it. Like, hey, Splinter, Splinter, that's enough. The guy's wearing a jean jacket. He's wearing, like... Lime green or mixed with forest green shorts, like maybe board shorts or whatever. This just, I don't know. He just looks like some ruffian who's just making his way in the world with his music, which there's nothing wrong with that. Nice guitar, he told me. I'll say that. So Jesse is like, thank you, Splinter. I got it, Splinter. He finally walks over to the amp and Uncle Jesse finally pulls the plug like thank you splinter goodbye splinter your time has been up for two minutes splinter goodbye thank you splinter that's enough (laughs) thank you splinter i got it splinter thanks right thank you splinter (laughs) and we thank you splinter have a nice day what than Splinter. Here's Mildew. <laughs> you were saying? All right, Danny, uh, plug it to the amp, turn it down a little bit, and you got 15 seconds starting now. Okay, I've, I've been practicing really hard. Here, here goes nothing. working with you 
Who knew you actually had talent? I mean, on the guitar. So you're saying I'm a lot hotter and hipper than you thought I was? A little. <laughs> and uh, how about you? How about you, brother man? What do you think? Well, uh, brother man, you were uh, very good. It's, it's, it was good. Listen, let me uh, let me just go over a few of the notes here and some of the other players, and, and we'll get back to you. You just you take your time. Mildew's gonna chill. Josh, you gotta admit it. Danny's the best one you've seen today. I know. I hate to admit it. You're right. He is the best one we've seen today. But the thought of Danny Tanner in my band, it just doesn't jive, you know? He just doesn't have the right image, you know? He's, he's just not rock and roll. He's more... <laughs> spick and span. No, but if you're gonna be fair, you have to give the job to Danny. I don't want to be fair. I want to be cool. <laughs> Wait. So Danny comes down and... Jesse thinks, all right, Mildew, uh, you got five seconds or 15 seconds. Plug in your amp. And they're amazed, of course, at Danny's playing. And the audience is amazed, too. And I get where um, Jesse's coming from, in a, in a way. I mean, I don't have a band. I've never been in a band. But he's got a certain look, a type of image that he wants this new band to be. And unfortunately, Danny's image kind of... It clashes with that image. And Becky's like, well, Jesse, you have to admit that Danny is the best guitarist you've seen out of everyone that you've interviewed today. And if you want to be fair, you need to give the job to Danny. And Jesse's like, I don't want to be fair. I want to be cool. Luckily, Jesse is saved as DJ comes down like, hey, we got one more audition. And this guy is flirting heavily with DJ. And he's your typical, well, I'm not going to say typical rocker, but um, if there's an image of one, maybe with the, with the longish hair, not long, like down to his back, like splinter, um, but um, he's got the ripped torn jeans, you can see his knees. I love how his red tight shirt matches his red guitar. You guys know me. I'm a sucker for red colors, so. But I'm gonna play this clip. Danny immediately is gonna feel a little threatened, I think, just because Viper is into DJ. Because he, and he's like, oh, thank you, DJ. And she's like, oh, you remember my name? He's like, yeah, I bet if I tattooed it on my arm, I wouldn't be able to forget. And and Danny's like, I bet if you tattooed my name on your blah, 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 blah. And Jesse's got to go in there like, hey, hey, Mildew, you just, you go somewhere else. There's one more. Thanks, DJ. You remembered my name. Yeah, it's a great name. You think so? It's only two letters. <laughs> yeah, but if I tattoo it on my arm, it probably won't hurt that much. <laughs> well, you've already passed the pre-interview. <laughs> oh, sorry. Guys, this is Viper. Hey. Hey, I'm her father, Mildew. You can tattoo that on your... Hey, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Listen, uh, Mildew, just, uh, wait over there. Viper, you can uh, you can plug into the uh, freshly scrubbed amp here, and uh, let's see what you got.
got some pretty juicy chops there. It's funny, I said that to the butcher this morning. <laughs> the point is, that was pretty incredible. Thanks. Congratulations, Viper. You got the gig. <sighs> Thank you. Yep, congratulations. Oh, ho, 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 mildew, 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 mildew. <laughs> Listen, uh, you got some pretty juicy chops yourself. Yeah, I know, they're marinating in the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious. You were very impressive. Well, if Viper hadn't come down here and blown us all away, I can safely say this now, I, I would have offered you the gig. Really? Hmm? Wow. Man, Jess, just thinking that you'd think I was good enough for your band, that really means a lot to me. Yeah, ain't no thing. I hear you, brother, man. You know, that would have been a lot of fun for you and me, just gigging on the road together. Oh, yeah. Sitting on that bus all the time, mm -hmm. just looking out the window together, watching the old highway go yeah. by. Ah, playing license plate bingo, oh. sharing a nut log. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to have to get over it. Thanks. Mildew, ladies and gentlemen, mildew. Mildew. Thank you for being born. So Jesse has to pull Danny away from Viper. Like, okay, it's starting to get heated. Danny, come on now. Why are you even down here? Your audition's over. You can go upstairs. Like, come on. But Viper starts playing, and it's like Danny gets into this, like, um, guitar playing, like, who can do it better type of thing. But it morphs into him jamming out with Viper, and, the, and um, Danny actually compliments him after, like, hey, you got some pretty juicy chops there, guy. And, um, yeah, it just is, was really good, and... Turns out Viper is now in the band. We don't know any of the other members yet. We don't see their auditions. Jesse says, hey, look, if Viper hadn't come down, I can safely say this now. Well, I probably would have chosen, chosen you to be in my band. And <laughs> Danny's like, really, Jess? Just thinking that I'm good enough to be in your band really means a lot. And Danny heads upstairs and <laughs> Jesse, like, grabs Viper in a hug and says oh thank you for being born thank you now we cut to the next day at school this is going to be joey the substitute day two and we'll see how it goes you know um they're gonna give joey the old uh, silent treatment so we got lisa derek teddy and michelle walk in laughing as soon as they see joey they zip their lips and they all like hey let's give him the silent treatment Lisa, of course, has got to make a play on Joey's name. Like, oh, look who's back. It's Mr. Madstone. <laughs> that is kind of clever, Lisa. Good for you. Okay, I got to ask a question here. Do, when you were in school, did you double strap the book bag over your shoulders? Like, one strap on each shoulder? Or did you one strap it? I usually just one strapped it. Even now, because I use a bag, you know, that's got my stuff in it for my job. It's like, I mean, in the beginning, I two-strapped it. It was like, I can't get them off that way. It's too difficult. So Derek's like, hey, don't provoke him. Let's just straighten up and fly right. Okay, so Teddy is the one that tells Michelle, even better, let's give him the silent treatment. <laughs> and Teddy goes to the desk behind him telling the kids, hey, let's give him the silent treatment. Let's treat him like the jerk that he is. So I'm going to play this do-over Number two. It's a do-over day. 
This may not go as good as as yesterday, but we'll find out. He's going to start teaching them on the state capitals. get started shall we and uh, by the way it's really nice to see all of your bright shiny smiling faces again today <laughs> okay how about a little uh, geography why don't we uh, why don't we go over some state capitals um, let's start with California the state capital of California is anyone I'll, uh, I'll give you a little hint. It starts with sack and ends with ramento. <laughs> oh, of course, it's right here near the Sacramento airport. <laughs> Gosh, that map's on a roll. <laughs> oh, hey, well, now that's a lot better than the silent treatment. <laughs> if you thought that was funny, then you're going to love this next impression I've been working on. It's brand new, and it's called... The first astronaut on the face of the sun. So Joey gets them started on the state capitals. Let's start with California because that's the state we live in. Can anyone tell me the capital of California? And the kids just look at him because he does make a point to say, oh, it's nice to see your bright shining faces today. The kids all give him the dirtiest looks like we hate you. Don't even try to impress us. So he's like, all right, here, I'll give you a clue. It ends with, starts with sack and ends with ramento. And he touches where Sacramento would be in California on the map, on the board. The moment he touches it, zoom, the thing like rolls up. Like, oh, Craig. And he gets a, a laugh out of the kids. Like, oh, well, that's better than the silent treatment. So Joey decides to get into like okay this is good they're laughing they're liking me now i'm gonna go for a next a really big laugh to really get them you know excited and everything this is my brand new impression it's called the first man on the face of the sun and he starts going oh oh as he's lifting his feet like he's on the sun and he gets the kids involved and of course all this commotion leads to the teacher the what do I keep calling her a teacher the principal walking in asking what is going on oh Boy, you gotta teach me that. What's going on here, Mr. Gladstone? Well, Mrs. Homewood, actually, uh, you caught us in a rousing round of spelling tag. Uh, Barrett, you're it. Conjunctivitis. Go. C O N J U. Mr. Gladstone, may I see you in the hole? Now. I think now would be a, a very good time, sure. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I noticed that the door was still open, and I bet the teacher was just, why do I keep calling her a teacher? The principal! Ugh. 
Sorry. <laughs> she was probably doing her rounds, walking the halls, checking the classroom, making sure everyone is staying on task. The teachers are teaching. Their kids are in their seats and learning. Everyone's, you know, keeping quiet. Of course, this and the kid, Joey's like, includes the kids. Get up, kids. Come on. Let's all do this together. And they're like, ah, ha, ha, ha. it's so loud. So, of course, she's walking the halls and she comes in like, ah, ha, ha, and the kids all sit down. She's like, what is going on here? So, any reservations that she had about having Joey's a substitute have now have now come to light. Basically, this is exactly what she was afraid, what she was worried would happen. And she's and Joey comes up with this, oh, well, you just caught us in a rousing game of spelling tag. He's like, Derek, conjunctivitis. Derek stands up and says, C-O-N-J. And the principal puts her hand up like, you may sit down and stop speaking. So she's like, Mr. Gladstone, can I speak with you out in the hall privately now? He's like, oh, yes, now, now would be good. Okay. Yeah, Joey's in it. He's in for it now. Um, and, of course, the door closes, and the kids all rush the door, like, hey, let's eavesdrop. Let's see what's going on. Derek's like, oh, my goodness. He's giving, she's giving him a complete dressing down if I ever saw one. She's like, she's wagging her finger a lot. If you think about, think about this. In a way, they're saving money. They're not paying any teachers to teach the kids they're not paying any substitutes by showing you don't have to pay a projector to show a film slide so that's probably what and, and the kids are still in a way getting educated but i'm going to play this clip here as joey's going to come in defeated and yeah it's not good like you kids are going to probably end up winding up watching a film strip i'm being let go because it's not working out eyebrows wiggling up and down like a caterpillars and Michelle turns to him lifts her bangs up and like arches her eyebrows up and down for emphasis like yep I kind of wonder has Teddy Teddy been to see Mrs. Alvin he sounds like because the way he says it is he's like oh no your eyebrows going up and down and Michelle kind of turns to the kids like guys it's all our fault we did this if we did just sat still, mind her piece and cues, and listen to Joey, then we would have been fine. It's like, Michelle, you kind of were the ringleader on this. These kids didn't have to follow your example, but they did. So at least they're taking the blame where blame is due. So she's like, oh, he's coming back. Everyone, get in your seats. And you see, when Joey walks in, he's loosening his tie. He's really, really stressed out. Clearly, he's been let go, relieved of his position. And Lisa right away is like, Joey, did you get... Or, she doesn't say Joey. She said, did you get fired because of us? And Joey, of course, plays off like, no, I told Mrs. Altwood that it's just not working out me being here. And he tells them, you guys are going to see a film strip in about 15 minutes. Like, oh, another one? Oh, my goodness. 
And Joey's like, look, guys, I'm sorry, but yesterday when I tried to be tough, you guys got angry with me. And now when I tried to be, you know, loose and fun, you guys were out of control again. So there's got to be a happy medium here. And it really stinks because, you know, I was going to tell you a lot of fun things, you know, state capitals. Ew, long division. <laughs> no, that scares me. Like fractions scare me. How to suck an egg into a bottle. And Derek's like, I want to hear more about long division. And Lisa's like, Derek, be quiet. We want to learn about the egg sucking thing. So he's getting them excited. I like how Lisa's shirt, it's like a multicolored yellow, pink, orange, turquoise, and purple. And her headband matches her shirt. It's cool. And Joey's like, I, I don't think so, guys. It's like, it's already been said, you know... I'm out of here, so. So Michelle takes it upon herself to apologize, saying, it's all my fault. And Joey's like, Michelle, it's not your fault. I'm just not a very good teacher. And I'm thinking, that's not true, Joey. You are a good teacher. Can you imagine Joey teaching junior high or high school? They would eat him alive. Michelle says, we never gave you a chance, especially me. Well, you really didn't. You kind of just... Let the kids know that Joey's going to be Mr. Funny Pants the entire time. You're going to have a blast in class. And that's just not how it can be. You can't have it one way or the other. You can have it, like, 80% serious and maybe 20% funny mixed in, lightly sprinkled in. There's clearly a happy medium here. You just have to find it. And I like what Michelle says here. She says, you're so funny, sometimes I forget that you need to be serious. And Joey's like, well, thank you for understanding, Michelle. And she's like, well, can we just start all over? And he's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. So Michelle turns to the class and says, hey, wouldn't we want to have Joey as our teacher? I, I mean, Mr. Gladstone? And Joey does his classic, come on now, cut it out. And the kids laugh. Derek is begging at this point, like, please, we'll be still as statues. And Joey's like, well, Derek, you don't have to be still as statues. He says we can still have fun and learn something at the same time. See, that's what it's all about. You just gotta get the right amount of fun and and learning in the same thing. And it will be fine. This girl at the back who is probably the only one out of those kids that gets an actual line line outside of saying, Porky, Porky. She's like, like how to suck an egg? And Joey points her like, absolutely. Joey's got his um, mad scientist impression here. And he's like, all right, kids, come on up to Joey Gladstone's laboratory. I can't do it. <laughs> that was my impression, the best I could do. And the kids all crowd around his desk as Joey's going to show them the, the egg in a bottle trick. He's like, some people call this trick magic, but I call it pure science. Ugh. And he presents to them the milk bottle, the glass milk bottle with a hard-boiled egg. He's like, there's no way this egg, as he sets it on top of the opening of the bottle, there's no way that this egg can fit through this hole into this bottle. Joey says, unless I take this piece of paper and put it in here, light it on fire, and then he puts the egg on top, and you see that the egg is slowly sucked into the bottle. He says that the smoke burns up all the oxygen, creating a vacuum-type suction. 
And he does warn the kids, do not play with matches when your parents aren't around. That is very dangerous. You could burn your house down. The kids are all excited. I'm like, you, you ever have those days at school where you learn something really awesome? You can't wait to get home and share it at the dinner table? I had those instances. And he's like, there goes my lunch, kids. <laughs> and the kids all like do an impression of him. And that's the episode. It was fun. I'm going to play this clip. Did you get fired because of us? Uh, no, actually, I told Mrs. Homewood that it's just not working out. So you guys are going to see a film strip in about 15 minutes. Aww. Hey, I'm sorry, guys, but yesterday when I tried to be tough and get down to business, you all hated me. We didn't hate you. We just wanted to have fun. Well, now we're having fun and you're not learning anything either. So that's not working out. Which is too bad, because I was going to teach you a lot of neat stuff, like state capitals, long division, how to suck an egg into a bottle. Did I hear long division? Derek, you're playing. We want to see that egg-sucking thing. No, I don't, I don't think so, guys. Joey, don't quit. It's all my fault. Oh, Michelle, it's not your fault. It's me. I'm just not a very good teacher. We never gave you a chance, especially me. You're so funny, I forget that sometimes you have to be serious. Well, thanks for understanding, Michelle. So, couldn't we start all over? I don't know. Hey, everybody, don't we want Joey, uh, I mean, Mr. Gladstone, to be our teacher? Yeah! Oh, come on now, cut it out. <laughs> Please, we'll be still as statues. Well, you know, Derek, we don't have to be still as statues. We can still have fun and learn something at the same time. Like how to suck an egg? Absolutely. All right, kids, come on up to Dr. Gladstone's laboratory. I'm your host, Dr. Gladstone. <laughs> now... Some people call this experiment magic, but I call it pure science. There's no way that this egg can fit into this bottle, all right? Unless I take this piece of paper and throw it into the bottle. Now, you just light it like this and be very careful with fire, kids. Don't play with it when your parents aren't around. It can be very dangerous. Stick it into the bottle. Now, we put the egg on top and watch this. The fire burns up all the oxygen, creating a vacuum, and... Pow! There goes my lunch, kids. <laughs> Alright, like I said, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For the line of the episode, I think I'm going to go with Becky with the twins, with the ice cream, where she's going, Alright, who wants ice cream but can't read yet? Alright, let me... Let me clarify. Who wants... Ice cream can't read yet and no tattoos. So that, I liked that. That was cute. I think the lesson learned from plot A is going to be just know that if you have a fun teacher, guys, you know that there's a time to be serious. You can mix fun and learning, but you gotta respect the teacher's authority. You may not always agree with what they have to say, but unless you want to visit to the principal's office, Come on now. Everyone has a different matter of opinion. And it's just... And, and another thing, don't... If you're in elementary school, guys, come on. If you have a fun teacher and stuff, don't exploit it. Don't 
take advantage of it. Because that's just going to get, you know, you're going to get in trouble. That's just my own experience looking back now. It's like, yeah, us kids were out of control in second and third grade. I have to admit, even me a little bit, I did... When I got worked up, I did, I got a little wild. I got a little crazy. I mean, granted, I was 98% shy, but that 2% of uh, just being off-the-wall goof, yeah. For plot B, I'd say lesson learned is just... Jesse is going to put this band together however he chooses. And Becky did say, if you're going to be fair, give the job to Danny. It's like, no, let him do what he wants to do. He can let Danny audition just because, you know, he's living in his house, living in his house, rent free and everything like that. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to hire him, even if he's the best. Just keep looking. But then again, like I said, that's my opinion. Feel free to differ. For best outfit, I really, like I said, I liked that black, that white tee and black vest that, uh, Danny wore that was really cool. I liked that. Um, I really don't think anyone had a worse outfit for this episode, so. So, yeah. Later this week, look forward to Season 6's Subterranean Graduation Blues. That is the final graduation episode. Alright. Have a great Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. I started recording this on Monday, so... The sun's out a little bit. It's like 50 degrees and it's currently 12.49 p.m. Oh, my work day hasn't even begun yet. Ugh. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye.